If you love all things TV, you're in the right place. Each episode of Chatterbox explores the best programmes and movies on British telly and is brought to you by a trio of critics. I'm Sarah Morgan and I love everything from the retro hits of yesteryear to the current crop of hit dramas and sitcoms, as well as classic movies. Joining in the fun this week are Chris Daniel. Hi, I'm Chris. I I love watching lots of things on the TV, but some of the things you will never catch me watching include soaps, Channel 5 and talent shows. I'm Roger Crowe. I'm Roger Crowe, and many of the things that you will find me watching are soaps, talent shows, and uh, classic old Jerry Anderson series such as Thunderbirds and Captain Scarlet. So this week we're looking at programmes and films that are going to be on TV from week commencing 25th of January. That's Saturday, in case you're wondering. Um, So I'm going to do a quick rundown of what I'm watching, what I'm looking forward to, and my top film choice of the week, and then Roger and Chris are going to follow suit. Absolutely. That sounds like a plan. Excellent. So the programme that I'm watching and thoroughly enjoying, although that seems like the wrong kind of way to describe it uh-huh. at the minute, is um, <laughs> White House Farm, which is on Wednesdays on ITV at 9pm. Right. Now, the reason I say I'm not sure whether enjoying it is the right word to describe it is because it's a true-life murder drama. So it's a six-parter, and it's based on the, on the true story of um, Jeremy Bamber and his family, basically. He, uh, he was convicted of murdering his uh, adoptive parents, his adopted sister, and her twin boys. Right. Um, and he's always protested his innocence. Um, and this is kind of the, oh, that's the thing. yeah, I know, <laughs> yeah. I, I know. But even you know, after he's gone to jail and he's he's mm. kind of appealed a few times, and and the appeals have actually sort of said he's perhaps more guilty than we thought. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, right. they, you know, they've found extra things that have mm. uh, not worked that have kind of worked against him. But this is about the the aftermath of the murder itself, rather than any of the court cases. Oh, right. yet anyway. I'm guessing eventually we'll get to the court mm. case. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's about the police piecing together a case against him. Um, I've seen two episodes so far. The third is on this coming Wednesday. Um, Freddie Fox is playing Jeremy Bamber, and he's just got that right amount of sort of. He's kind of attractive, but slightly creepy, menacing, menacing, right. menacing mm. guy. Okay. On. So he's at the minute. Jeremy Bamber's still playing the the grooving son. Um, although he's now kind of inherited all the money and the farm itself, blah right. blah blah. Right. But there are kind of cracks in his story that are beginning to show. Um, his his cousin in it was played by uh, Gemma Whelan. She's excellent. She's suspecting that there's something that he's not letting on. Okay. And there's one policeman played by Mark Addy. Again, brilliant right. in this. Yeah. And he suspects that. It's not been because at the minute the police are saying that it's been a murder suicide and that the sister oh, is the person who's done it. Mm. But the sister's body was found with two gunshot wounds, so it's kind of like, well, how could she have shot Just herself and then shot herself again? <laughs> yeah, she was dead. yeah, sure. Um, but Stephen Graham's in it and he's playing the copper mm. who just wants he just wants to close the case. It seems obvious to him what's happened. You don't want to investigate it. He can just move on. Yeah. Um, in it's fact, it is really, really, it's, it's brilliantly acted, um, and it's not one of these kind of outlandish type shocking. It's it's quite tightly told and mm. and low key, which I think works better. Exceptional cast as well. Exceptional cast again. Mm. Mark Haddie's brilliant. Unfortunately, 
the one weak link, and I can hardly believe I'm saying this, is Stephen Graham. Really? Oh, really? He's terrible. <laughs> no, he's no, no, it's extraordinary. I know, I know it's usually the best thing for things, but he's playing a Welsh detective, and his accent is yeah, atrocious. Yeah, I, I did notice it was a little bit dodgy, the bit that I he, did say. He can't maintain it, and when he is doing it, he can't tell a word that he's saying. Right. So, and, he, and to be honest, he's only a supporting character in it. So you could have actually had a Welsh person playing it <laughs> yeah, and right. been able to understand them. And Very the well. character is called Thomas Jones, which just makes it more well, yeah. in my eyes. Yeah, but isn't that fact as it's fact-based and he's based on a person? Yeah, so I don't know if that was actually his name or not. Right. I don't know, because he, he doesn't come out of it very well and you okay. would imagine that the real Thomas Jones yeah very sometimes when they do a dramatisation they'll sometimes create a new character just to insert yeah. a, like the eyes and ears of the we, audience that kind of thing or an amalgamate two yeah, people exactly. yeah, that's well that, that, yeah. that's not unusual <laughs> moving on <laughs> but yeah I, I think it's been a, a real highlight of the schedule so far um, okay. and I would recommend it to anybody and if you have missed the first couple of episodes they'll be up and running on the ITV hub as we speak. I did watch about 10 minutes and I thought I don't fancy this, but that's not to say I'm not going to give it a, a chance when it's finished, perhaps. I think it's one of those things that if you're not in the mood for that kind of thing at this moment in time, then no, you're not going to get anything from it because yeah. it, is, it is very downbeat, as yeah. you can imagine. It's got, you know, lots of murders, yeah. two of them are little kids. There's, oh, there's yeah, not right, going to be yeah. a lot of laughs involved in that. Yeah. Mm. And even the dog, he's even had the dog put down. That's how bad it is. That's the acid test for me. So <laughs> do, do the pets survive? <laughs> it's like, if not, forget it. But uh, yeah, I might, I might give it a look. Um, one thing is weird, though, is it's a rare screen appearance these days for Amanda Burton. She, yeah. She played the mother. So she's not, she's she's out of it already, unless there's going to be some flashbacks or something. But yeah. It's <laughs> a real played. shocking twist. Yeah. <laughs> is she doing mostly theatre these days? Or, I don't or know. I don't know. I'd kind of forgotten about her. Yeah. I mean, she was one bit, probably the biggest actress on TV. And then she went for a bit. And then she went for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, so I've not seen her for years and then she popped up in this very briefly. Okay. So, yes, anyway, that's White House Farm for you. That's Wednesdays on ITV at 9pm. Right. Um, What I'm looking forward to is Sam Mendes' Life Life Cinematic and that's on Thursday on BBC4 at 9pm. As you can probably tell from the title, it's a profile of the film director's um, most recent film, 1917, is getting great reviews at the minute. Yeah, yeah I've got for Oscars, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 I think it might clinch it, hopefully. Um, I think he's a great director. Mm. I've seen all of his films apart from 1917. Have you even seen Revolutionary Road? Yes, wow. which is very depressing, yeah. actually. I think it's probably his worst film. Right, okay. Ooh, but, really? yeah. Yeah, why? Do you disagree? Spectre? No, Spectre's <laughs> alright. I, I didn't mind Spectre, the, the title thing was atrocious, but uh, that's by the by. Yeah, and it's obviously no Skyfall, but anyway. I think that's. I think it suffers from yeah. having come straight after exactly. Skyfall. If it I know I suffered when I was watching it. <laughs> <laughs> if, if Spectre had come straight after Quantum of Solace, it would have been <laughs> regarded as a masterpiece. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, but I mean, apart from his Bond films, all his other films are very, very different as well, mm. which is one of the things yeah. that, that I admire about him. American Beauty is terrific, uh, regardless of who might be in it. Road to so, Perdition, he did that as well. Yeah, yeah well, so that's, that's it. Really it, went, it went from American Beauty to Road to Perdition to Jarhead to Revolutionary mm. Road to Away We Go um, to then the Bond films and now 1917. And there's mm, no, yeah. you know, that's they're very, very different films. They really are. It's good TV as well, despite yeah. the fact of being on there. Yeah. <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, he's, uh, he's going to be talking to Edith Bowman about his um, life and his career, but also, perhaps more, most interestingly, um, about the films that have influenced him. Right, oh, um, that could be good. Yeah, so he's a big fan of Blue Velvet and oh, okay. Taxi Driver and Godfather Part Two and Lost in Translation. So it sounds like not only does he make good films, he's also got excellent taste. Yeah, good. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. I think that'd be inter- very yeah. interesting. I, to be honest, sometimes I find documentaries about films and mm. filmmaking more interesting oh, yeah. Than yeah, than yeah I do I mean themselves. it's one of the things that I lament about modern day DVDs and Blu-rays and because it used to be jam-packed with features mm. about the making of films yeah. and the inspiration behind it all and all that's just gone nowadays yeah. isn't it but I suppose with streaming taking over well, uh, these days, there's no real need to mass market Blu-rays I, DVDs and put those features I've quite, on I've quite happily bought DVDs in the past not because I like the film but because I like the guys that worked on it yeah same yeah. here I'd like yeah. to find out about what they did yeah. behind the scenes and everything yeah, so like Kingdom of Heaven is a great film but the director's commentary and the documentaries about the making of the film are fantastic. Mm. So this is Sam Mendes' Life Cinematic on Thursday on BBC4 at 9pm. And my top film choice of the week, nobody who uh, listens to this podcast regularly will be surprised to find that it comes from Talking Pictures. No way! Uh, I'm not getting sponsorship. (laughs) You sure? (laughs) You're not taking something on the side? (laughs) Honestly, honestly. Um, it's Rebecca anyway and it's on Monday at 6.25pm so you have to rush home from work if you haven't got anything to record it off um, it's Hitchcock's only best film Oscar winner which, wow. even though oh, I've known that, for, that fact forever it still, still seems surprising. shocking yeah. um, it's based on a Daphne du Maurier novel which, and it's actually a very close adaptation if I remember correctly uh, it's about the sort of young second wife of a, a wealthy Landowner, and uh, she moves into his into his house that he shared with his previous wife, and she always feels as if she's living in her shadow, and there's the secrets. Rebecca is the mm. is the first wife, um, and you know there are secrets and things that she doesn't know that eventually she pieces it all together. Mm. Um, John Fontaine plays her; she's really really great. Uh, Laurence Olivier plays the husband. He's probably a tiny bit too young for the role but never mind, you can get away with it. But um, the real stars, I always think, are Judith Anderson, who plays the, the really creepy housekeeper who's, oh, right. who's obsessed with Rebecca, and then George Sanders, who plays Rebecca's cousin, who, and nobody does slimy villain quite like George Sanders, so yeah. he's, on, he's on top form in this. Um, and Nigel Bruce, who played Dr. Watson in the Basil Rathbone, Sherlock Holmes movies, also, he's also in it. And a year later, him and John Fontaine teamed up again with Hitchcock for Suspicion. Judith Anderson was in uh, Star Trek 3. Top, tri- <laughs> top <laughs> trivia. I bet she wasn't scaring people quite as much as she was in Rebecca. She, she was the one that restored Spock's marbles. Um, oh, well, we've got to be grateful to her for that. <laughs> some, some sort of Vulcan high priestess. <laughs> top trivia. Um, so that's Rebecca anyway, and that's on Monday on Talking Pictures at 6.25. Great, that sounds very really good, actually. What about you, Roger? What are you watching at the minute? Um, well, I'm watching at the moment, uh, and I have been pretty much since it started, 8 out of Cats Does Countdown, which is without doubt my favourite quiz show on the box, although Pointless is a close second. Um, I watch this every week without fail. And not only will I watch it when it's on uh, on the first screening, I'll pretty much watch it every screening after that. <laughs> That's how addicted I am. It's, uh, it's that perfect blend of... Uh, if you love words and you hate maths... This yes. is the sort of thing. Mm. 
that where you won't mind doing the maths. And if you like a bit of silliness as well. Oh, the mm. silliness is glorious. I mean, 20 minutes and nothing happens. It's just yeah, yeah. Uh, banter with uh, Jimmy Carr and the and the regulars, which is not normally... Uh, Sean Locke occasionally when he's not touring. And, <laughs> John uh, Richardson. Same for John Richardson, yeah. yeah. And even Rachel Bliley doesn't look like she's had five minutes off. Uh, for. I think she's about to give birth... When they recorded it, yeah, oh, right. I think she. So she, she used to have been pregnant for a long time. Yeah, actually. yeah. <laughs> uh, they probably record like uh, thirty episodes in a week or something. Who knows? But mm. um, it is just the best telly. And uh, uh, Miles Jupp is always good value for money as well. He's he's so dry and acerbic, uh, and Sophie Duke is on with him, and a couple of uh, they, they always have these guys um, in Dictionary Corner with Susie Dent providing a bit of comedy mm. now when Adam Buxton does it is one of my favourite things again in the world because he's he's just reduced that to a fine arse that those little uh, two or three minute slots so I don't know how Sean uh, how uh, Lee and Dean will get on because I'm not 100% on them but uh, fingers crossed that'll be okay so that's changed cha- that's changed uh, days as well because it's normally on Friday around about nine um, but that's now on Thursdays for the first screening I'm sure it's on uh, most of the cha- most of the four <laughs> peripheral say, channels. Yeah. If you miss it, you're yeah. bound to pick it up. At there's, some pro- point. there's half a dozen repeats throughout the week on a sort of four channels, but Thursday, channel four at nine o'clock. That's the one I'm watching. You only go to the maths on the second or third viewing. Do you know what? Um, that's, the, that's, that's the beauty of it, because my memory can be quite bad. So not only do I, 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 I forget the anagrams, I forget the maths as well. But I sort of st- sometimes, considering my maths is so atrocious, there are times that I will stare at the screen, I'll have done the maths, and no one else has got it. And I'm like, what's wrong with this picture? So yeah, anything that boosts my maths knowledge is, uh, is pretty good in my book. Um, my film that I'm really looking forward to which I probably haven't seen if at all since I was a kid and that's The Wrecking Crew now I'm sure you're a fan mm, of this I've never seen Have it you I'm, really? I'm looking forward to seeing this as well right now, I presume it's because of the Once Upon a Time completely Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was my favourite film of last year and I watched it again recently and it still stands up so uh, Sharon Tate's in it with alongside uh, um, what's his face the uh, uh, D- Dean Martin Dean Martin as Matt, as Matt Helm who's this kind oh, what's of yeah. oh what's his face this is now in the trade um, so memorable <laughs> to be honest he drank so much he probably didn't know <laughs> the weird thing was I could, I could remember Matt Helm but I couldn't remember Dean Martin um, yeah so uh, this is uh, this is coming up on uh, Sky Movies Classic which is my new talking pictures Sony movies. Sony, Sony movies is a classic, which is my new talking pictures. Uh, this is on Monday the 27th at uh, 4.25. But if that's too early, um, so you're still at work and you can't figure out how to uh, record it, uh, Fisher King's on the same channel um, at uh, 9 o'clock that evening. And for my money, it's probably Terry Gilliam's best film. I'd give it, I'd say Brazil slightly nudges ahead, but uh, second would be Fisher King. Uh, it's just a terrific performance from uh, Robin Williams uh, as this uh, troubled history professor uh, turned homeless person. And Jeff Bridges as the shame DJ that he befriends. And uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful film. So I'd give that a look if you get the chance. Going back to Wrecking Crew, sorry. Mm. Um, is it the ver- are they showing the version that's got the Tarantino intro and... The middle bit and the outro, and the yeah. Outro. So yeah. that, that starts at 4.20pm and you get these like little five minute bursts, which is a really good idea. Um, I think because uh, Sony owns the rights, obviously they're, they're this multi, multinational yeah. giant, whatever you want to call it, um, they own uh, 
or they backed rather Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and you know Wrecking Crew. He, he did he did a short season that he, yeah. that he curated when uh, Once yeah, Upon a Time in Hollywood it was came out. Yeah. It was Easy yeah. Rider was one of them as well. Yeah, um, Model Shop. I forget yeah. what it was. Where, yeah, it was a spy thing, wasn't that? That uh, yeah, I can't remember the name of, but that was really interesting. Not least because of these little uh, five minute bursts in between adverts. And I wish they'd do that with more show uh, films, really. If you're watching stuff with adverts and it's a good enough film that you've seen a thousand times before, the director would actually sort of interrupt the adverts, you know, just to say where we are on the film. Or ju- just anybody enthusiastic yeah. about it. And yes, the three of us are available. So <laughs> yeah. it's classic. If you're, yeah. if you're listening, we're, we're quite happy to talk for five, ten, fifteen minutes uh, about films. And you wouldn't believe our rates, they're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, that's the film I'm looking forward to. Now, Coronation Street. I don't think I'm probably the only one out of the three of us that watches it. I, I think I'm yeah. probably safe yeah, to yeah. say that. Mm-hmm. I've been watching it forever. I mean, I was watching it when I was about ten years old, and I'm a little bit older now. Um, and it's not going through the best stage at the moment. Um, for quite a while, they've been suffering. I think for a good year or so, they've lost their way. And one of the storylines. Um, what really annoys me is when a new producer comes in and they will change the nature of a character. Mm. So someone that's been quite pleasant for quite a while suddenly becomes a psychopath. And it, I just get the feeling that the producer's never seen the show. <laughs> <laughs> but they've thought, right, who's the nicest person? Which is often the way they'll say, who's, who's the happiest couple on the street? Right, split her up. Which, is, there's a logic to it. Mm. You can get a fair bit of mileage out of it. Now, Jeff is, was this mild-mannered hospital DJ who has uh, turned into this manipulative lying psychopath over the past 12 months or so. Stroke magician. Stroke magician. (laughs) So if you like nutcases that do close-up magic, then that's the man for you. Now, he has married this lovely character called Yasmin, who is just wonderful. And uh, he has been basically convincing her that she's got an alcohol problem, micromanaging every aspect of her life, and blah-de-blah. Now, hopefully, if there's any justice, uh, Jeff will die in a horrible accident. (laughs) If I was writing the show, there are echoes, if you are a fan of uh, Coronation Street, of Don Brennan, where this is like 20, 30 years ago. Some of these episodes are now being shown on ITV3 weekdays, um, and a very similar thing happened where Don Brennan was this sort of mild-mannered cabbie who was, uh, you know, quite a nice guy, and he he was being a bit henpecked. And I think a new producer came in and suddenly he turns into a raving psychopath. <laughs> so, like I say, there are echoes of that. But anyway, um, if you're a Kari fan and a little bit like me, it's a bit like supporting your losing team, then uh, weekdays, uh, well, I say weekdays, it's Monday, Wednesday and uh, Friday. Double bills. So, yeah, give that a look. But, um, yeah, even though I'm supporting it at the moment, I think EastEnders is winning the soaps battle. Not Emmerdale? Nope, not Emmerdale. Oh, okay. I, I do give Emmerdale a look occasionally, but I think um, they've got the best talent uh, at, uh, uh, at, Cor- at uh, EastEnders, not least because they've got some of the, uh, the best writers that I think they poached from uh, Corrie. Not that any one writer is exclusive to any individual soap. But uh, what about you, Chris? What are you looking forward to? Uh, well, um, funnily enough, I haven't watched an episode of uh, the soap opera for about 10, 15 years. I find that hard to believe. I know, um, going on my first pick for what I'm watching, you'll probably understand why, and that's because for my first pick I've chosen The Andrew Marshall on BBC One on Sunday morning. Which is the best soap opera of all. <laughs> well, I know, funnily enough, actually. So, because obviously last year was quite politically turmoil, mm. wasn't it? So, um, and everything seems to have calmed down now. 
Yeah. But then at the end of this week is actual Brexit day mm. when things are going to happen. Yeah. Again? So, yeah, I know, exactly. It's it, it, about reruns. Yeah, well, it will actually happen this time, though. Let's hope so. Um, I quite like that Macho because it is not... It's not one of those really annoying interviewers, you know, just like constantly interrupting his guest. Mm. He, he actually gives his guest a chance to speak and to answer yeah. a question kind of thing. And it's only if they're not really answering and then the question. With him. Yeah, 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 that kind of thing. So it's a bit of a softer approach, but you also, I think that gets a bit more out of the guest who runs the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is quite interesting at the moment, because like I say, it seems as though everything has calmed down, but the Conservative Party aren't really sending any main guests on the show at the moment. Mm. And whoever goes on there, it's almost as if they've been told not to answer any questions and that doesn't relate to their department. Okay. So even like last week, you know, there was, there was some Tory on there. And I think he was asking him what his thoughts on Harry and Meghan Mexico and all that kind of thing. Oh, well, I don't know nothing about that. And then he asked him another question. <laughs> oh, well, that's not my department, so I don't know. So, but then they are also still in campaign mode. So it's almost as if someone within Number Ten is feeding them these slogans, you know, just to keep using to manipulate yeah. the country kind of thing. Okay. So yeah. To get Brexit done and Brexit right. Brexit, that kind of thing. So they keep coming out with all these little three-word things. And they look all happy and smiling when they can actually get them out there because they know they're going to go back home and get told, you know, good job and get a pat on the back kind of thing. So that's kind of interesting. But then also, obviously, the Labour leadership uh, is up for nominations mm. and, and stuff. So they keep getting decent Labour guests on as well. Yeah. So quite enjoying that. And just when they have a review of the week's news and the papers and all that kind of thing, and they get unpolitical people in to mm. review politics, that's also quite interesting. And that's Sunday at nine. It is Sunday at nine, yes. So uh, I will give a special mention to, on BBC One, on Friday the 31st from 10pm, there's a new special, Leaving the EU BBC News special. So obviously it is a big thing that we are finally leaving the European Union. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you sure it's not just a repeat of uh, one that they did two or well, three times? Well, the other thing, look, oh. it starts at 10 and I think it goes through till about quarter past half past 11 because I think officially we'll leave it at 11pm, don't right. we? But right. Is anything actually going to happen well, at 11pm? I, I don't know. Well, so. they're, they're not even going to ring the uh, Big Ben. No, because no. apparently it's under refurbishment, isn't it? And yeah. they said that for every bomb of Big Ben, it's going to cost 50 grand or something. Mm-hmm. So they decided... I, th- I think it would be uh, more, uh, more apt if we, if we left inverted commas on, is it February 2nd, which is Groundhog Day. That would be more on the money, I think. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm not really finding all that much I'm watching on TV at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I'm obviously still interested in politics, so the end of March is one mm-hmm. of the things I, I do quite like to watch. Um, in terms of film to look out for this week, this is something I'm really looking forward to. So this is going to be on Wednesday the 29th on Film 4. It's at 12.35am, so I'll be setting up to record, but it's the original Solaris from 1972. Right, yeah. So, because I know this is heralded as an absolute classic, but yeah. I've still never seen it, but mm-hmm. I am a huge fan of the Soderbergh Club. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I like it, and it's, it's one of those films that kind of polarises yeah, opinion as well, I, I don't think. really understand why, to be honest. Unless it's because at the time George Clooney was in lots of big Hollywood blockbusters and you know popcorn mm. movies type of things. Yeah, and then Solaris is something which actually makes you think, and you've got to figure out what's going on. So I, I found watching yeah. the re- the uh, remake was uh, so much better the second time I saw it, mm. and I, I saw it twice in a week. All right, um, and I watched it with the director's commentary. Ah. And James Cameron, who produced the uh, Soderbergh version, mm. um, he uh, he was on the app track with Soderbergh, and it was really interesting. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. I was at the press launch for the Soderbergh version as well. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's quite you good. T- yeah, touched the hem of good. Clooney's garment. I didn't did. You? <laughs> <laughs> Steven, Steven Soderbergh said hello to me. There you go. So, 
and you've not stopped smiling since. <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Yeah, but the, the remake is genuinely one of my favourite sci-fi films. Mm, I yeah, don't understand why I think it's great. more people don't like it. I've got it on yeah. um, DVD, so I've seen it many, many times. Also, at the cinema, it made about so, ten dollars, but I'm mm. not surprised because uh, it's obviously a very cerebral, intellectual sci-fi flick, and uh, you know, even though the spaceships in it. Um, it's uh, it's not really about being in space. It's about isolation, obsession, and love, isn't it? And yeah. Several more things. Mm. So yeah, I mean, have you read the book? I haven't read the book. No. So, but I was aware it's based on a book. Just on his lad Len. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, but um, because I hadn't even seen the original film, I haven't got to the book yet. So, yeah. because this film is on, um, I thought watch it. So, but for anyone who's not seen it, I've copied the blurb so that I can read it out. <laughs> so it says, um, psychologist Chris Collins is sent to investigate the mysterious events that have taken place on a space station that is orbiting a remote planet and discovers that all but three of the 85 crew are dead and the survivors cannot or will not explain what has happened. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping the original is as good as everybody says because I absolutely love the original. I, I watched it, I think Channel 4 put it out. When Channel 4 first started and they used to put anything out, um, I think they put it on a Sunday afternoon in 1983. And it's, the, it's quite a long film, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, so. That's maybe one of the reasons why I've never seen it. Actually. Yeah, sorry, then if it's got adverts in it, because it's... Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, and I'm going to record this as well, so I can actually break it myself yeah. as well. But I think watching, for me, watching it at 15 years old was a bit uh, bit much. But despite that, I watched it all. And, um, you know, just because sci-fi, me being a bit of a sci-fi nerd, I'd watch anything that was sci-fi on, on TV, mm. especially in the days before uh, video and all the rest of it and streaming, so... I, uh, if I can figure out how to set up some sort of recorder, I will, uh, mm. I will record it. Yeah, because that is the only drawback. It's not quite late at night. It's 12.35, so but if you can record it, I think it's well worth doing. So. Yeah. So, and then the other thing, what I'm looking forward to, I've cheated a bit, I've picked another film. <laughs> um, this is also on film four, believe it or not, the following night, Thursday the 30th at 9pm. It's Snowpiercer, which I remember when it was first released internationally, mm. and it was done so to wide acclaim, but for whatever reason, it didn't get a UK distribution deal. Yeah. For years and years, I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. So, and I really wanted to see it. And then eventually, it came on Netflix, and I added it to my watch list. But yeah. it's just one of those things with streaming services. If you have that many things on your watch list, you don't get around to watching them. Half of them yeah. do. No. So, for probably a couple of years, I had it on my watch list and never got around to watching it. Yeah. And now that I don't have Netflix anymore, it's on TV, <laughs> so I'm thinking, right, I shall actually watch it. Yeah. It's, um, I uh, was really looking forward to it when I heard it was coming out because it sounded right up my street. Mm. It sounded really interesting, you know, these. Uh, this uh, eclectic bunch of travellers on a, on a non-stop train that's I think it circumnavigates the globe yeah that's right mm. and uh, Chris Evans you know piping hot and then the Avengers came along and Captain America and, and I was like well this is going to turn up any minute now mm. and there was no sign of it exactly yeah. and I, I'm pretty sure I know why um, I'm not going to reveal too much about it but it's, it's a very dark film it's mm. uh, brilliant with it as well very commercial but very art house at the same time and there's one scene that Chris Evans discusses towards the end of the film that I think is very it's very controversial um, in terms of what his character has done in the past and maybe that's the reason I think Marvel might have had a hand in it they might have said we don't want this film out there because it would contradict too much with sort of Captain America's shiny image Mm. as Mr. Wholesome so I just think it's really interesting um, that once the uh, Avengers films finished Snowpiercer suddenly becomes available. Mm. So I watched yeah. it maybe six months ago. But I also think the Weinstein thing might have um, but been also part of it. The director, it's the same director who's done Parasite, yeah. which is getting yeah. loads of coverage and it it's is. up for Oscars. It is, yeah. So it's mm. kind of, oh, well, well, we can put Snowpiercer on yeah. now because it's yeah. that. Yeah, TV well. companies do do that quite yeah. a lot, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But having said all of that, I think it, I still think it's a staggering film and. Uh, 
it, it's such a good format I'm not surprised that they've turned it into a TV series at the moment which is uh, oh, right. I think it's going to come out in the next year or so um, I don't know whether Netflix have got it or not but uh, mm. we'll see how that goes it's people playing ping pong in it the background it is yeah. so <laughs> if, you, if you can hear a weird noise I can only apologise for uh, our colleagues mm, it's not Forrest Gump anyway I think that's it from us for this yeah. week I think so yes so thanks a lot for listening and you have been listening to Sarah Morgan Chris Daniel and Roger Crowe bye bye bye